I'm fangirling today. Oh, nice. I had my, well, I used mine yesterday, so it's in the dishwasher right now. But Nice. Yeah. For those who can't see us, I'm holding up my, the, our signature podcast for creatives mug, which you designed and gave to are me. We, are we live right now? <laughs> should I do that whole thing or should I no, do the bit over? Great. No, I'm afraid you might spill it. Don't just keep going. You got it going. Don't lose it now. Yes, which which you designed and gave to me as a gift. This is, I think, our first piece of merch ever. Yeah, it is. It is. And if and if you're watching this video, um, I'm sure there's a way for you to get one if you so choose to. We'll figure that out. But I mean, Maybe. if it's a mass order, no, we're not going to fill I mean, all of them. So. so far, these have only been available to our guests. Right. They have not been available for purchase, but maybe we could make that happen. Right. We have gone away from the guest format, though, of late. So that's true. So So I feel like we're like a radio station with like a prize closet and we just have (laughs) to give away things because we have to make room in the prize closet for other stuff. Yeah, for other prizes. Are you in the prize closet right now? I am. This is this is it. Nice. It's kind of empty. We have a Mary Poppins (laughs) frame poster. No one's getting that. And a used coffee mug. Yes. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative. Um, But the reason I brought up that you made this um, is because I kind of thought that that it might somewhat tie into what we wanted to talk about in this episode. Because if you're new here, my background is in graphic design. So you would think that the person who would make said mugs would be me. But I think when we work together, we kind of throw all of that out the window. You design, you do graphic design type projects beyond mugs. You make graphics and still graphics and stuff for video. And even though I consider you to have more video experience, actually just this past week, I was thinking about this. I felt a very uh, heavy weight of responsibility on me because we split up the duties for our uh, next two commercial breakdown videos. You took one, I took one, and you've edited all of the other ones. I just add in the uh, the extras at the end once it's all cut, but I felt like because you've done all the others that I needed to kind of like live up to the standard that you set, but... At the same time, you know, I know that you trust me, so I knew that no matter what I came up with, you would be cool with it. I mean, you didn't give me any feedback. You're like, looks good, unless you just didn't want to <laughs> no, deal with the back and forth. It but... did look good. But I, I think that's like, you know, I think that's the beauty of, of, of the creative process is, you know, I think people in creative industries have a healthy respect for other people's creative processes, even though it might differ from theirs, I think we respect the process that people go through to end up at the, you know, at, at, at the end mark. So like, even though it might not be the way I would do it, you still look at it and you go, but that hits exactly what we're looking to do. You know, like that's exact, or, or it adds a different element of something that I wouldn't have thought of or might vice versa. And you go, it makes it that much better. I mean, you, you've worked in more kind of group scenarios than I have, I don't feel like that that's always the case, that you always have that freedom to not only take 
creative liberties, but to have this kind of fluidity within the team or within the group where if you have a creative spirit, and what I mean by spirit is you are excited about doing creative work, take talent out of it. If you have a passion for creating things, you can do anything. You can do anything creatively, whether you have been trained in it or not, because once you get a vision in your head, you can Google or YouTube like how to execute it. Now, in our case, like the examples I just gave, sometimes I'm not the best person for the job or sometimes you're not the best person for the job, but we'll often say to each other, I can tell you have something in mind, so you why don't you run with it? We just right. did this uh, last week. You cut a video. I said, hey, can we add music to this? And you said, all right, well, what are you thinking? <laughs> Help me a few well, tunes. Because right. I think that, yeah, <laughs> sing, sing a few bars, Michelle. Because I think that was, that was, you know, my interpretation of the piece looking at it was like, I kind of like this without the track because I couldn't think of something that I felt like would be an appropriate undertone. But you had a vision for it and it was like, find the one you want. And it was perfect. I mean, it just was perfect. So, yeah, right. That balance, I think, is crucial. Yeah. Where, you know, even though you have chosen the music for, I would say, like 90 percent of the of the pieces that we have put out, you're just like, no, go find something. I'm like, all right, because I have this in my head. I'm going to find it. And like you said, you were you were cool with it. But. I think, unfortunately, in a lot of either creative partnerships or creative groups, that doesn't exist. And it stems from, I think, trust between the people and teammates maybe feeling like they can't even ask something like that because they feel like they're going to get their head bitten off or egos get in the way. I mean, there there are a million reasons. Yeah, I think structure sometimes plays a role into that too. Like if you're in an organization and and there's a hierarchy, you know, I think if there's a set of expectations or or whatever it is that ends up getting passed down from the top, you know, on down, you feel more or less, uh, you know, obligated to follow those directives based on the way it's being communicated to you. Uh, I think especially in, in creative positions, you can feel almost boxed in to the work that you're doing because of the way that that structure is that that hierarchy is so it it kind of you know it rewards people who are structure motivated who you know don't necessarily you know mind the cut and dry communications but i think it limits the the self-expression that you would see from from someone in a creative field so what we're talking about is really if someone is let's say like leading leading the project instead of more of our arrangement which is like more of a partnership do you feel like for creative types of projects it should always be more collaborative that like maybe someone is leading it in the sense of keeping it on track more of a a project manager but how much do you think the director of said project should direct I think sometimes it's always best to to start with where you want to end up, because if you can get everybody to agree on this is ultimately the kind of this is this is what we want to deliver. And then you have your team of people who are really the the creative minds behind how you get there. I think that's where there's a respect level from the creative to the project leader and the project leader to the creative, 
the project leader understands at the end of the day, we need to get to this point. And I trust you as the creatives with your skill set and your approach and your process to get us there in the way that you as a team or you as an individual believe that would allow us to do that. And I think the creative sees that and says, well, that person has my back. They trust me to do my job to deliver and land the plane at this part. And the leader can say, I trust this person because they see my vision. You know, but I, I think what, what tends to happen in some in, in where these things go wrong oftentimes is, is that it's communicated in a very uh, command like way versus like a conversation when it's coming out as a command i think you're very much as a creative put in a box and you almost feel like you can't stray from that uh which i think is really counterintuitive to a creative i mean have you had experiences like that and and you know not looking for you to rat out anything but i mean of course that would add some juice to the conversation (laughs) but um have you had situations like that where you feel like you've been kind of like put in a box and it's just deliver deliver this whatever that may be i i have a counter example i mean i know okay. i just talked a lot about us zag when isaac yeah right <laughs> we talked a lot about about our partnership but uh i was recently thinking about someone else that i've been working with a lot in the last year my friend muriel who owns a company called stock lane it's a stock photography business and I've had the opportunity to model in her, in a lot of her photos, but also work with her creatively. I mean, she didn't ask me to be a creative director for these shoots, but we've definitely done a lot of collaborating. And I think that's why we continue to work together and why these shoots have been coming out so well is that. I know that in this scenario, Muriel is the director. She's the one in charge. She's putting the vision together. And she has, like what you said, she has that end goal in mind. However, once it's it's shoot day, we are working in that fluid manner where because I have a creative background, I might say something like, hey, I just like saw this frame that I think would make a really good shot. And she'll come over and say, oh, you're right, Michelle, this is awesome. This will make a great shot. And she takes the picture. She's not saying, wait a minute, I'm the one with a photography background. I put in all of these years of training. She she puts her ego aside and she's listening to someone who essentially is a prop in this, in this process. And you know, I, I've been recognizing this in, in this past year as we've been working together, but it really kind of, let's use a, make a photography pun here. It really clicked. Uh, we were working together on Monday. We had to get this one last shoot. And in this pose, I'm, we are in front of a train station and I'm standing in front of it and I'm holding a suitcase. And it was, to set the scene, a beautiful, warm but not too hot, Florida afternoon, golden hour, the sun is going down. So we're getting all of these gorgeous shadows and this warm light. And the dress that I'm wearing is, you know, just moving very gracefully in the breeze. And I'm looking down and I've got my my red nail polish uh, grabbing onto the, the handle of the suitcase. And I'm thinking, oh, this would make 
This would make an amazing shot from this kind of like overhead position. So as I've done in many other times when we've been shooting, I said, Muriel, come over here. I think that this would make a really good shot. And without any hesitation, she says, you're right. This would look great. Let me try to shoot it. She couldn't get the shot. So she said, you know what? I'm going to hand you the camera. She hands me her. Wow. I don't know how, like how much of this camera cost, but <laughs> a lot more than, more than I was comfortable with. It took me, uh, <laughs> it took me a, a few minutes to just kind of like, I took a few shots and handed it back. And she said, no, Michelle, she's like, do it again, do it again. It's okay. Put the strap around your neck. You're fine. You're not, I know you're not going to drop it. And she actually like had me shoot this shot. Now, whether or not she ends up using it, I think is irrelevant in this story. But I think the more you demonstrate this trust within your creative team, that is how you make magic. So we started something new. I'm usually going to you with ideas. So I think I was so excited that I barely listened to what you said and I was like, you know what? Sure, let's do it. Could have said anything right there at that point in time, couldn't I? Michelle and I grew up in the 90s, and we've noticed, I think, over the years that a lot of the uh, references that we end up dropping in our podcast end up coming from that period in our childhood. We were a TV generation, so we remember a lot of these offbeat commercials and a lot of these things that um, were a part of our childhood, and I thought it would be fun to kind of like look back at them. We don't really watch commercials anymore in, in this day and age. You know, ads are usually something that we're doing anything that we could possibly do to skip over. Funny commercials or, or commercials with memorable jingles have stayed with us over the years. Uh, and this platform, this this commercial breakdown show gave us the opportunity to bring some of them back and, you know, relive a few of these moments with, with all of you and, you know, reflect fondly on them. So if you get a chance, go into one of our pod for creative social profiles or go to our website and look for commercial breakdown which is the name of our show i time this it takes literally four seconds of your time subscribe to our youtube channel and hit that thumbs up button if you have a friend or a sibling or someone um, that you remember talking to about the commercials that that we're showcasing certainly anywhere where you can share it we would really appreciate it the strengths of a creative lie in in, in the ability to push boundaries to, to question and it, when you don't feel like you're in an environment that allows you to question i i think that can be really detrimental very limiting to to a creative. And I like the example that you were just sharing because you guys knew where you wanted to go with what you were doing and you both understand and have a healthy respect for each other and what you do. So there wasn't this ego, you know, egotistical kind of approach. It was very much a, Hey, I might be able to benefit from the way Michelle's thinking about this. You know, I'm sure she's thinking, and you're saying I can clearly benefit from her, you know, and, and what she's doing. So there's that, that, that healthy, respect and then again that word trust that exists in that creative partnership i think sometimes it has to go beyond just the people though working within the partnership the creatives on it i think a lot of times that that it's not always perfect but i think that lends itself to be a more easily accomplished situation 
I think it's sometimes more from a leadership standpoint where you kind of lose that because at the end of the day, there are different sets of responsibilities on each individual. How about you? Do you have a positive example? Because you've led big teams on on creative projects before where you kind of had this vision in your head, but then you let your team roll with it or take it in different directions that you hadn't thought of and did it end up being successful? I'm hoping yes, because I kind of set this up for you to <laughs> tell tell me a successful story. Yeah, I can I can remember back in the the early days of the of the the pandemic. You know, a lot of um, the the school districts that we work with, there's a specific subset within the client districts that we work with that are in the immediate uh, capital region area where I live here in New York, and you know they all sort of banded together and. Um, and, you know, came together, made decisions collectively, supported each other. You know, it wasn't there's 24 of these districts. It wasn't just 24 of them out on an island trying to figure it out. And it was when things are really dark, you know, in, in, in the, the early part of the of the vi- of the um, of the pandemic, uh, it was inspiring to see, you know, these districts and these leaders come together and, and work cohesively as a unit. And. Yeah, I can remember talking to one of our creatives and and saying to her, you know, I think there's something here that we can do from a, a visual representation piece that sort of shows how, you know, in these dark days, school districts are doing what's best, continuing to still put kids first, even though doors are closed to buildings and, you know, they're still delivering meals, they're still providing education to the best ability that they can, they're figuring things out on the fly, like, let's show that unity and that togetherness to try to pull together our students and, you know, the parents in these districts around the region. And that was basically it. That, that was, that was the, that was the brief, you know, it, it wasn't anything more than that. It was it, it, looking back at it. It's a pretty simple, you know, and, and, and honestly fairly standard theme people working together to accomplish something. I mean, it's not like we're, 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 it's not like we're writing Seinfeld here. I mean, like this isn't groundbreaking, but the magic lies in the work and the magic lies in in the brain of the creative, in this case, my friend and my colleague, Lindsay, who worked on this project. She knew where we wanted to go, but the right images were needed. The right words that appeared on screen in the script needed to be needed to strike just the right note the downbeat on things and the timing needed to strike the right note, the pace of it, the rhythm of it, all of these things needed to kind of be just right. And that wouldn't be anything that I would have any ability to remember every little aspect of it. But we had a conversation about where we wanted to to go, but from an open-ended standpoint, not, so let's do this. It was just, it would be great to have this type of a feeling. And then you sort of let the creative person find that find their path and that's what we delivered was a final product that was a great piece of of unification amongst school districts in our in our region that you know ran on social on 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 all of the 24 um district social media channels and you know we accomplished i think what we set out to do but i don't think it would have been accomplished well if we said so we want to do something that does this and stay in this box because then you would have been left with something that felt hollow and felt routine but when you sort of approach the brief when you sort of approach the 
you know, that that back and forth as more of a of a open ended question conversation. I feel like you allow that creative to then almost like a race, take the baton and then run their part of the race with it. And I think that's a healthy form of 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 trust. You know, it's it's something that I, I one another friend of mine and colleague has always said to me. Nobody knows what they want. They all think they know what they want, but they don't know what they want. And I think sometimes from an ego standpoint, you have to be more willing to say, I'd like to go here, but then be open to, but what if we went here instead? Oh yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Let's, let's do that. As opposed to being so locked in on this one thing, allow yourself kind of the freedom to ride the backs of the creatives. I think that ego plays such a sneaky role in a negative way when people work together on projects, especially like the longer you work with someone or or work with a team. I get it. It it can be complicated. And and for me on a, you know, this is on such a, a very small scale, but I've been working pretty much with the same group of people for my freelance job. I mean, for years, for for about 10 years. And, you know, sometimes little things go wrong. And as humans, our initial reaction is to make it personal, is, is to think that someone's giving you a hard time because they're mad at you about something or because of, you know, another incident that had, you know, happened prior. But the trick that I try to use personally and I apply this more towards, um, or at least I give this example a lot to my students when talking about running um, online online shops or anyone who has to work in customer service type um, situations is to use what I call the Aunt Betty treatment. And I know I'm, I'm talking around in circles here, but so Aunt, Aunt Betty is my great aunt and this is timely because she's about to turn 100 years old and wow. Of all the people in my life, for some reason, she's the one who rises to the surface as this figure of a person that I could never possibly be mad at or think the worst of. So anytime I'm put in a situation where I'm triggered to think the worst of another person, I imagine them being Aunt Betty. I I give it the situation, the Aunt Betty treatment, and I think if this was her saying this to you, how would you respond to it? Because I can only assume that if she said something that was even remotely mean, that it would be a misunderstanding. <laughs> I think the exact opposite. I think of them all as like son of Sam or David Berkowitz. I always think the worst of people. Oh yeah, this guy's out for blood. This guy, no, this guy's no good. <laughs> I feel like most creatives are self-motivators, right? You know, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not in an arena, you know, you're not being cheered on by people. You're not being, you know, pushed across the finish line. Like you sometimes have to find the motivation in the project or whatever, you know, whatever the, the situation calls it. Do you feel like that's a true statement? I do, but I think. Not inspired, not inspired. I'm talking about motivated. Like. I think the creatives are motivated either because they believe in the project, they have a clear vision of the outcome, or they really like the people that they're working with. At least in my opinion, those are the three reasons that I would be motivated okay. I to would, succeed. I would agree. I would agree. So maybe maybe I change my, my definition of self-motivated to maybe more or less 
the, the, the factors of the project. But I think, I, I think like from a leadership standpoint, like the tendency to want to sometimes jump in or give an opinion on something or, you know, make changes on something or, or, you know, be more hands-on that is like, I think that's a hard natural instinct for people to break when you're working with creatives because you, you feel like, well, I ultimately have to get this the way it's supposed to be. So let me just kind of finagle with this and, 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 you know, metal, but that can really blow up the motivation on, on a project for a creative really quickly. If they don't feel like you approve of them or their work or their thought process. Oh yeah. Yeah. That throws a wrench in anything. I mean, sometimes the, the aunt Betty treatment can't fix something like that, especially if it's something that happens repeatedly because it's demoralizing. I mean, if you're expected to perform or produce a good piece of work, how can you possibly do that if you feel like either you're under a microscope, you're being micromanaged, or that the person who's leading the project doesn't believe in you? Yeah. I don't feel like people who aren't in creatives understand that some of these things, you, you need time to kind of process and think through the challenges of a project or the opportunities of the project. Um, there are deadlines and obviously things have to be met, but I often feel like if you're coming at it from a command standpoint, you've automatically just zapped up that, that time. But when you approach it as more of a conversation, uh, you know, like it, it leads itself into that creative planning time. The conversation almost allows for those types of moments of, of inspiration and, 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 uh, you know, light bulb, you know, turning on moments. Yeah. I, I keep kind of thinking back to what you said about it's, it's where, where the project starts. I think before you begin something, you're kind of setting the tone and by not having all of the details and not being so stuck on the way you think it should go, then you're leaving room and you're giving permission to your team to bring their best to the project. But is there a way to recover from that? Like if it doesn't happen off the bat, like let's say someone listening to this right now is thinking, oh shit, like I are, I are, this I'm already, me. They're talking about me. <laughs> I'm, I'm already, I've already started on this project. I'm leading this project. And I mean, I can relate to this. I'm someone who has, I'm a, <laughs> I don't want to use this word because it sounds like pompous, but I, I do think that I'm a, I'm a visionary in that it's very easy for me to conjure up a visual of what I want something to look like and feel at the end of it. And so I tend to lean toward writing out all of those details or communicating all of those details, but... If you're someone who has done that at the onset of a project and you're already in it and you're realizing that you haven't given your teammates or the people who are working for you the opportunity to share their voice, what's something that they can do to turn it around mid-process? I think the sign of an effective leader is is being able to show the vulnerabilities, right? We've talked about this on some episodes in the past, and I think that's probably your way out of this if you feel like you're this person is to... You know, it doesn't mean you got to start over from scratch, but I think you got to be honest and say, you know, I think I probably pushed this a little too far, maybe out of the range of, you know, where it would allow you to do your job effectively. I'm going to back off a little bit. I want you to know that I've I recognize that 
I'm not allowing you the space to do what you feel like, you know, your role is in this or what your role is in this. And I trust you. And I trust that we're going to get to this, that this conclusion together. If you have an ego that won't allow you to do that, you know, that's going to probably come back to bite you one way or the other at some point in time. But I feel like if you give your creatives the space to sort of express their thoughts, you know, map out their vision, oftentimes the solutions that they end up coming up with, the perspectives are more efficient or more on the nose than anything that I probably would have had in terms of what I thought was the right way to go from from the beginning. I can remember a time where, you know, many times in my in my career, you know, leading a creative team where somebody will come to me sort of one of one of them will come to me sort of like at a roadblock and say, I'm not quite sure where to take this. And it's really easy to say, well, why don't you do this? But I'm always like hesitant to do that because it feels like it's it's like you're cooking something right? You know, you're making, you're making a sauce and it needs something, but you don't know what it needs, but I taste it and I go, Oh, I, I it's, it's more, more paprika. You put Maybe paprika that's... in your sauce. Okay. Pick another spice. That was the first <laughs> one that came to mind. <laughs> more garlic. Okay. It needs more garlic, but maybe to my taste, it needs more garlic. But what about, what about your vision for the sauce? Right? I'd almost rather have a conversation where instead of trying to solve or, or say like, we need to do this or do it this way. I'd almost like to put it back and, and start to talk through the thought process. Okay, well, where did we want to go at the beginning of this? We wanted to get here and where are we now? Okay, so what are the options that we can kind of look at and what do you, what does your gut tell you about this? Like what, you know, I feel like the more you sort of serve as like a volley partner as opposed to the cement wall, I feel like that almost kind of like reignites the creative's in that process, it gets them back on course and then they see the light, they figure out where they want to go with it and then they're able to sort of land it. You have to give them the opportunity to sort of do that and remind them about who they are as opposed to solving the problem for them because it might taste terrible with garlic. It just might be the wrong way to go. I'm glad you just said that because I was going to bring up We've kind of been pinning this ego problem on the person who might be in charge of the project, but it goes both ways. It goes, it's true for the people working on the projects too, where I might suggest something like I gave the example with Muriel and I said, I I think this shot is going to look really good. And she, you know, may have said to me, okay, take the shot. You know, now that I see it in the camera, I'm probably not going to use it. Like it was a good idea, but I'm not going to use it someone with a big ego is going to say like, well, it's their miss. I'm never going to suggest anything again because I don't want to be shot down like that. But in a healthy relationship, I'm just going to let that roll off my back and say like, you know, we have the same end goal in that we want this to be good in mind. So I'm going to let it go for the, for the good of the project. And I'm not going to be afraid to speak up Again, because you might suggest, you know, idea after idea after idea, and you have to be willing to keep throwing those out there, even though only a few of them are going to stick. Yeah, I like that because each project that you're working on with with your team, I mean, it's not in a vacuum. I mean, this is this is this is everything you're going to work with this group probably in some form or fashion 
on a lot of different things. So it's not about just get to the end of this. That's going to impact the neck, the way they feel about the next project and potentially the next project and how they approach it. So the earlier you can start laying that foundation of trust and respect and honesty and, you know, all of these things that we're talking about that creatives thrive off of and, and, and by experiencing the better long-term prospects you're going to have. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media, tag us at pod for creatives and let us know what stood out to you. I feel like we're going to have an epic meeting after this. Some little behind the scenes for you guys. We're going to be talking about our next commercial breakdown season. And I feel like if, if I sense any, any little bit of creative control on your side, I'm going to like throw all of these right back in your face. <laughs> Just play it back. <laughs> Minute 24. <laughs>